shore where the mountains meet the sea in a clapboard shack by a broken down tree. There's a light in the window, just salty gals inside. I'm not sure if they're witches, but you know that's implied. Got the storytelling, ego swelling, pillow talking, moonlight walking, sea hags. Welcome to the Sea Hags Podcast. I'm Katie Nordgren. I'm Chris Uh No guests this week. Hey, surprise. Hey, surprise. We did not have our shit together for a while, and we still don't, We missed. We missed you guys last week. We broke the chain. Sorry. We, we said in, in that song that we wrote and performed together that, you know, we will never break the chain. That we broke the chain. That was us. We're yeah. Fleetwood Mac. We are Fleetwood Mac. <laughs> uh, Sorry, but, we didn't tell you that either. Yeah, but we did, and you know what shit happens, but we're back. We're back! You are, you have, we have every excuse, though, for mm-hmm. not posting one. I know, because we were like, oh, we could record it a couple days before the election, but you know what I had to do a couple of days before the election is get ready for the fucking election. Get ready for that fucking And you election. know what? To the folks listening at home that maybe aren't as involved in BC politics... My candidate won. Hooray. Hurrah. As did a lot of uh, NDP candidates. My candidate won. Not quite enough to make a majority government and not quite enough for the liberals to make a majority government. So right now we're in this weird limbo state where who knows what's going to happen. It's all just a big mystery. There's 176 absent, uh, 176,000 absentee ballots. That is so many. Because it's like an absentee ballot is if you went to you, Katie, yes. who lives in New Westminster, went to Coquitlam, and you're just like, oh, I'm here, I'm going to vote here, yeah. you would be an absentee voter. So they have to redirect all the ballots to their right place yep. to be calculated, and some writings are off by nine votes. So we're going to see how this all shakes out in like a couple of weeks and then I'll know exactly what kind of job I get to go back Mm -hmm. to. But I know that I at least get a job and that makes me very happy. So I worked really hard and I broke my body, but we were successful. Yay! Breaking bodies! (laughs) Uh, Yeah, that was a... It was quite a slog for you, uh, and I did not help very much, and I'm sorry, but okay. uh, but here we are. And uh, one, one piece of this last couple of weeks was... Uh, you know, how I mentioned that I was almost at my limit of making my points for the local liquor store. Well, I, oh. I cracked the point ceiling. You cracked the points. You <laughs> broke the glass ceiling. You broke the point ceiling. Like, <laughs> is there anything you haven't... Ceiling. Well, you but smushed your hands up against it. a lot it. of really good whiskey. And this is a 200th anniversary oh edition God. from Lagavulin Distillery. It's I was going to ask if it was Talisker, because mm. it smells like it's on fire. Mm-hmm. It's an eight-year-old... Uh, single malt whiskey from the Isle of Isla, mm. Lagavulin, which is my favorite. The distillery. Isle of Island? Oh, Isle. Or Isle. Yeah, I know Isle. the one you mean. I don't know. I actually know how it's said. But, so, uh, take a sip. Take a fucking sip, babes. This is the Whiskey Tasting Podcast. Mm. So it's kind of sweet and it's mm-hmm. lighter, but it's still very smoky. So it's not like an old, old scotch. Ooh. <laughs> Mama like. <laughs> if I may say. So yeah, so that was really delicious. I got to... Uh, oh, that's good. I got to have a whiskey with uh, oh boy. potential future premier John Horgan the other week, and we had this whiskey, and so then I mm. bought some. It was pretty That good. was a very cute selfie you posted. Yeah. It Just was nice to nice to meet him. Um, hopefully things turn around and he ends up being the premier. That'd who, be pretty sick. Who knows? I'm, I'm all for coalition government if it gets business done that's not the liberals. So. Sure. Sure. Yeah. But anyway, so we got this delicious whiskey, and I still have money for many more whiskeys to purchase, and so I'm going to have a stock. But that just shows, like, how much I drank this election season. To yeah, to crack com- the ceiling. To calm my nerves. But it wasn't just me. It and you've had some friends using it. I, exactly. I, if, I go, if I buy things there, I always just pull up your phone number and give it to them. Exactly. So. And yeah. pretty much everyone at the store knows. It's like, oh, we're trying to push Chris over the ceiling, and then she'll share her whiskey. There's, so. Yeah, there's, like, nobody who deserves it more. <laughs> so nobody would want to be successful more than you. Yay! Yay! And then, so yeah, then the the second part is that to make it up to me, you took me out to a spa day. Took you out to the spa game. It was pretty fucking awesome. So past guests... I still owe you more, I think. I still owe you more, more... I just love to take care of you. We could go again. It was so <laughs> <laughs> So past guest Lana, um, on one of the episodes previously, that's what past guest means. Yes. Um, <laughs> told us about JJ Korean Spa in Coquitlam and we finally went and boy howdy was good it fantastic god. good god uh the yeah. the website makes it look significantly less korean than it is it's it's super korean and so like we felt like we really achieved true podcast nirvana because that's all any women comedians talk about on podcasts in LA is going to korean spas in LA <laughs> and running into their friends nude <laughs> 
So I think we really we really feel uh, in line with that now. And it was such an amazing experience. It was just really nice. You just, like, go in, they give you your spa uniform, which is, like, scrubs but shorts. Yeah. I felt 100% like uh, if anybody who's into the nerdy shit, uh, the the Studio Ghibli or Ghibli, I don't know how to pronounce it, film Ghibli, Spirited Away, I believe it is called, uh, when Sen gets her job in the uh, in the bathhouse, they give her basically the outfit I wore today. <laughs> and so we were, but we were the bathhouse customers pretty much. And there was, yeah, we were, we went, we started in our bathing suits, but we didn't end in our bathing suits. <laughs> it's we hard. ended in our birthday suits. Yeah, well, because like in the, in the morning part that we were there, the earlier part of the day, most people were in their bathing suits. So we just kind of went in and sussed it out. We went to the hot tub, and then you jump in the cold tub, and then the hot tub, and the cold tub, and the hot tub. You go to tub. the steam room. You go to the sauna. Yep. And then we got some. Uh, we dried off, and then we lay down in the salt room, which is which totally is our favorite because we're so salty. But like. What a cool thing. It's just like a huge pile of sea salt with some sheets draped over it and yep. you just lie on it and it's you, hot. You wiggle your body down into it so that, yeah, and there's like geothermal heating underneath everything so everything is so toasty warm. And it just like, the salt room made me sweat so much. Oh yeah, we were just... Which like, doesn't salt, it, there's some like ionization properties, right? Like it's the... Who knows? I don't know, it's chemistry. Who can ever know? <laughs> Besides scientists. Uh, yeah, it's a chemistry thing. If you put salt in water and suck out pull your... water to, from one side of a thing to another side. Yeah. So it pulled out a lot of our water. Yeah, we were, our faces were we just were pooling sweat. It was really awesome. I loved it. I normally hate being sweaty, but if I'm wearing somebody else's smock, it doesn't really bother me nearly as much. And plus, we knew that we'd just be rinsing off again at some point, but yeah. there was also the the yellow earth room, which I loved. We yeah. just laid down in these super like hot infrared, mats, infrared, infrared sauna type room that had like yellow earth or something. It was just super toasty. And there was the charcoal room that was cool. And everything felt different, like mm-hmm. not just because of the temperature, but just it all felt like different things were happening to your body. And whether it was or not, b- believing it sure made us feel great. Yeah. And uh, we got foot massages. So my foot's been super injured. Yeah. And so I was like, oh, a jacked like, foot. Nothing's broken. It's just like the the plantar fasciitis or yeah. whatever. Katie diagnosed me after our last podcast. So I'm a goddamn doctorb. Yeah. The so extra like, B is for bargain. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't know if it's actually what it is or not because my heels don't hurt, but. My but you also have the shortest feet in the world, so yeah. maybe your, your heel, there's not enough foot for your heel to hurt. It's possible. I'm but... also a scientist. <laughs> a podiatrist. But so, yeah, it just hurts a lot. And then they gave me this, like, jacked up foot massage that was just, like, really intense. And they did, like, weird stuff, all the acupressure foot massage where they, like, rub your bones yeah. with your fingers. That part was... made me squirm and squeal yeah. a little bit because it just, it hurts, yeah. but it's not painful it's just so to say like odd it's, feeling it doesn't feel comfortable but you're like this is probably good for me and the second they stop doing it it feels amazing yeah yeah the second he stopped rubbing my weird foot bones my, my weird toe necks i was feeling pretty jazzed and then he jerked my foot off like it was a ding dong yeah they basically like grab your foot and it's just all like it just <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, there was and definitely a moment great. where he had both of his feet in my hands and was like doing both of them at the I same time. I think you time. said that wrong. <laughs> both of his feet in your hands. <laughs> it was a really fucked up foot massage. No, I gotta be honest with you both guys. Both of my feet in each of his hands, yeah. and he was just like massaging them up and down so vigorously and like shaking the bed, and it was just like this weird like. It was intense. You feel like he was trying to get the change out of your pockets. Kind of. <laughs> it was really nice though, and like he was very sensitive to my sore bits. But he managed to find yeah. all the like. I was listening to you. muscles and stuff. I know. I was just like, meow, meow, No, but he, he seemed like he was figuring it out. You didn't yeah. sound like you were in too much pain or anything. No. So. And, you know, he checked in a lot. Oh, yeah. It's very good. good. Thanks. So, TJ yeah. So, I feel, I feel great. And then I felt all tingly for, like, half an hour. And then we laid down in all the nice rooms. Mm-hmm. And then we went for more, like, hot tubbing. Mm-hmm. And just we were like, I don't want to get back into a wet bathing suit. Let's just do the full experience. So, and we went so we naked. Did. And you're, you're, you are pretty comfortable with being naked. Yeah, but I like to kind of feel out the situation yeah. first. I I'm just typically not comfortable I know, but you just went naked. for it. Right I just, it did not bother me in the slightest today. There were some very beautiful model, like, built women mm-hmm. in there. I was just like, it's fine. The lighting is very flattering. Everyone looked really good. Everybody looked good. There was all kinds of bodies in there. Uh, there was, like, little... There was, like, a family of, uh, like, a daughter, a mother, and a grandmother. So it was, like, a, fi- a five- or so six-year-old cute. girl, her, 40, her, like, early 40s mom, and then, like, grandma in their 60s, yeah. just all coming together, all buck naked at the spa. And I was just kind of like... 
yeah, okay. Like, I, I just feel better about myself now. So, you know, yeah. I'm going to go out and write a think piece like a bunch of women have already where they feel like, <laughs> I feel good about my body because I went to the Korean spa and <laughs> I'm white. Yeah. <laughs> but it was very nice. So they definitely, that that's like a space that I would go back to again. Oh, yeah. And it's not expensive. So they're basically doing a commercial for JJ Spa. Because it's, you know, right now it costs 15 bucks. I think they're increasing their price in September to 18 to go in. And it's extra for massages. But, like, you can really spend a lot of time there for $15. And we spent three and a half hours or something like that? Something like that, man. Like, just we just were chilling. It was... I feel really relaxed. I feel mm-hmm. very happy. Like, whatever, man. It's all good. <laughs> So yeah, so that's a little part of my, I've been doing like aggressive self-care, like Mm -hmm. as soon as uh, the campaign was over, we had two days to like clean up the campaign office and then I like went to acupuncture and like, I'm going to buy a juice cleanse probably. Nice. (laughs) You do the thing that works for you. So I'm just, I was so exhausted. And so now like as of yesterday, I just started feeling like, oh, I don't feel like I need to sleep all the time and my body doesn't hurt all the time. So I'm like coming out of it, which is great because I start work again tomorrow. Oh Lord. (laughs) You really need an extended break, I think. Yeah. Like a week off at I'm least. Gonna, it's a long weekend next weekend, so I'm going to go visit my mom and stuff. Yay. Just get tea. Yay. Hi, Joanna. Yeah. Yeah. So that's good. That's good to hear. I'm good. <laughs> I've been so tired this weekend. I don't know what my deal is. Just always tired. Katie's yeah. tired. Well, it was rainy. It was gross. It's, yeah, it was just a really gnarly week, and I think that, that just made me not want to do anything. I didn't feel depressed. I was just like, I wanted to sleep. Mm-hmm. I wanted to get into bed all the time. And people were like, well, that's depression. I'm like, but it only lasted like four days. I think I was just sleepy. <laughs> <laughs> I really, yeah, I don't think I was getting a good sleep at night, so I just kind of wanted to crawl into bed as soon as I got mm-hmm. home, and I just sort of... I didn't cancel any plans, but I definitely didn't follow through on any tentative ones. Yeah. I was just kind of like, I'm pretty sure that I'm ready for bed already. It's 8.30. Like, mm, I'm old. That's the way it goes. I didn't know, like, what... It's like, oh, man, the last, like, two weeks have been so intense, and I probably have so much to talk about, and it's like, nope. Yeah. It's just the same thing. Yeah. Every day was super intense, and, like... This podcast is canceled. No! (laughs) (laughs) Just because we missed one week. I had sort of an odd thing happen to me this week that was kind of, like... I, it, it made me feel, it took me to a place that I didn't expect to take me to. I, I mm. ended up feeling kind of compassionate about Katie, it instead of wanting to be aggressive. Would you share your journey with us? Oh, well, I'll absolutely share my journey <laughs> with you. Well, you know, I'm a loudmouth, right? Like, I, I want to write for, write to, to people and say, like, hey, be more compassionate and stuff. Right. And so uh, this beautiful woman uh, who does a lot of show organization and is a performer locally, her name is Megan Phillips. She put me on her program, The Anxiety Show, last right. week, which was a really, really good time. Uh, and her and I did a, uh, we were on that improv show together. So she was the musical guest. I was the stand-up comedy musical guest. A musical guest. guest, Megan Phillips. <laughs> I'm Don Pardo. Um, I don't even know if that was his name. Yeah. Uh, it was great. Uh, anyway, so she's really gorgeous and wonderful and awesome. And so she posted something. She's just like, she's a very earnest and big hearted person. We'll probably have her on the podcast in the next month or so. Uh, and she just posted something about how she thought, I don't understand how homophobia and transphobia exist. And I, I just don't get why it exists. Like why anybody even cares. And so I just replied with why I thought the reason was. And it's just cause like nobody knows how to acknowledge an emotion and identify what, like identify and then acknowledge an emotion and then deal with it after. So if someone feels disgust about something, they assume it's fact. Cause especially men aren't taught how to be anything other than angry or fearful. Uh, like those are like angry, afraid, afraid that makes you angry. And then like, uh, even double mad, like triple mad. <laughs> those are the emotions you're allowed to have as a dad or a dude, I think like, and sometimes you can be like, I'm proud of my family. Those are the only things you're allowed to have. <laughs> And so without having being having access to the whole gamut of emotional spectra, I, I think that a lot of people interpret their own emotions as being something like fact or mm-hmm. wanting to maintain the status quo in an aggressive way. Don't believe everything you think because yeah. your brain's a dummy. Your brain's a ding-dong. Yeah. Like, trust me on this one. Mine is too. Yeah. So I just posted that and then I got a bunch of responses. I'm not going to identify who this person is, but he is adjacent to the comedy community without necessarily being an active comedian himself. Mm-hmm. And so he's at a lot of the things that I'm at. He's a nice guy. I've always got the impression that he uh, maybe had some trouble sort of relating to people a little mm-hmm. bit sometimes like like maybe didn't necessarily always read people's cues and stuff and that's 
not a problem. I know a ton of people like that, and I know, a, and I really like a lot of people who are like that, and mm-hmm. I just deal with it, and it's all good. But um, I guess he just didn't like what I had to say because the character that I do in comedy is an exaggerated version of myself that's right. very like feminist and no uh, men and stuff like that. And I never say I hate men. Or I know, anything but like, like that. but the character presentation that you have maybe has less nuance than your actual person. Sure. Does. Yeah, because it's not nuance isn't very funny. Yeah generally speaking. So I just come out and be sort of like like dryly feminist is mm. sort of what I'm going for usually. And so he, I think he's interpreted that to me like that I hate all men and blah, blah, blah. And so I, I asked, that's the response I got was at four o'clock in the morning, he went through my entire public Facebook profile oh. and like liked or commented on anything that was visible to someone publicly because we're not friends on Facebook. So that that's was weird. And then he sent me this very long message request after, because I had replied to what he had said in this thread, which was basically like, just please fuck off. Like, like, I I didn't do anything to make you jump down my throat like yeah. this. Like this isn't a two a between two people argument. This is just me musing on why I think things are the way they are. Right. And so he was very it's aggressive like in his refu- refutation of this. And uh, none of his arguments were compelling or sound. And they were very vitriolic. And it was very complicated. And I ended up having to go to a couple of different people who know him, be like, "Look, this is happening, and it's making me uncomfortable, but I don't feel unsafe." And mm-hmm. this is something that I've really been thinking about lately: is the distinction between those two things. Is being uncomfortable in a situation is not as the same as being in danger, but you may get the same message from your body that you are mm-hmm. in that same kind of danger. And so I've been trying to make sure that I'm delineating between those two things and like sticking with things that are a little uncomfortable and just seeing where they go. Right. Trying to kind of see it through rather than just yeah, immediately and, being like, you're cut off forever. Yeah. And, and I'm not a, a cut people off forever person even at the worst of times mm-hmm. for me. I just, like, I'm not good at that. And sometimes I'm bad at having boundaries that will protect me. So in this case, I was just sort of like, I don't think I need to cut this person off, and I don't think they need to be socially punished, but I do need maybe me and somebody else to say that this isn't okay. Mm-hmm. So that's what we ended up doing. And then I got kind of a non-apology. And I just realized, like, you know what? I have to deal with people that I don't know how to communicate with very well. Uh, I have to deal with people who are going to misread me as a person and as a comedian. And that just kind of has to be okay. Because the people who do like me and the people who do appreciate me are pretty vocal about it and are very supportive. And and I feel like I have a lot of social support. And I don't need to be somebody who's picking on somebody who's being a shithead to me because they don't know how to be any different. Mm-hmm. So I, I, I just had to be like, no more comments on this. Please don't talk to me about this issue again. And he was like, he, that was communicated. was like, okay, I won't bring you facts anymore about this. I was like, okay. But then you were just like, I'm going to let it go then. Yeah, instead I totally of, let it go. I was like, like carrying on down I didn't, same I'm not, hole. I don't get baited. I'm you not know. interested in that. Or going another way and like trying to get this person ostracized from the community that mm. he's adjacent to, right? That I he, don't want to do that at all. Exactly. Because like that's He can do a, it on his own if he wants to keep it up. Yeah. But, like, that's sort of a thing. So this is in response to, I saw you mention, I think, something like this in regards to, like, all the turfy bullshit that was happening with yeah. like, the rape relief. Yeah, and it's yeah, like, yeah, Just because someone makes you feel uncomfortable in a community doesn't mean that they should be cut out if they need to access that community for mm-hmm. safety. Like, you should learn to deal with that discomfort, and discomfort is different than actually feeling unsafe. Yeah. Like, this person's not an abuser, they're not malicious. Mm-hmm. They're just, they don't necessarily know how to communicate these things yeah. well. And they're he's not a bit of a dog with a bone, but that's about it. Like, he's just, he's on a, an, a tear. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's but it's not violent, and it's yeah. not threatening. So, and, and, and I mean, like, I know, of course, the or we're talking about sort of subtextually here. I already is, said Vancouver Rape Relief. Oh, did you? I? I said turfy bullshit. Oh, you just said, oh, <laughs> that's what you said <laughs> well, was turfy bullshit. Well, whatever. So, for anyone who doesn't know, TERF is a acronym for trans-exclusionary radical feminist. So, it's somebody who very much believes that the only people who are women are people who are born with vaginas and that a woman's body is uniquely what keeps her subjugated. It's not her identity as a woman. It is her female body. And so, that I don't agree with. Yeah. Kel surprise that I wouldn't, <laughs> being in love with a trans woman. Um, and so I just like, yeah, I, I, I think that their reaction to trans women is discomfort and they read it as unsafety because they're, and so they've decided to identify those women as men Mm -hmm. and fuck them for it. Yeah. That's all. Yeah. But so that's a good like nuance to go through a little bit. And like the, that whole book that we both need to read. Conflict is not abuse by Sarah Shulman. Yeah. I've definitely heard some refutations of the book as well. And I'm just like, well, I'm just interested to hear what it has to say. Yeah. And I think that there's going to be some good stuff in it and some stuff that maybe I could just toss out. Yeah. That's the same with every book. Yeah. Pretty much. You know Especially like a self-helper. You can just like write a whole book and like... Any fucking person can just write a book. Yeah. So it doesn't mean just because it's asshole. published. Yeah. <laughs> doesn't mean it's right, but I, I think that like, yeah, yeah. there are definitely Take people who are 
who are reactionary from a lifetime of needing to react, um, but that's not productive with certain conversations. Mm -hmm. And I think that there are people who uh, are violent and are dangerous, and that needs to be dealt with. But I think that the people who aren't either of those things kind of make up a big chunk of the population. Mm -hmm. And so those are the people who need to be able to sort of read all sides of something. Mm -hmm. And I need to read all sides of something, too. And we need to learn how to, like, have a disagreement... Or even, like, a clash of values within mm-hmm. a community and how do we make that work yeah. instead of just totally... Yeah, like, I'm not trying to shut down anything. Vancouver Rape Relief. Yeah. I roll my eyes every time I see, like, the the Skytrain ad for their walk or whatever. Yeah. I'm just like... But fin- they still provide a really necessary service for lots of women that need to access them. So yeah. I don't hesitate. Yeah. Like, I won't support them financially. Yeah. Um, and I probably wouldn't add their information if I was making a pamphlet or something like that. Or if I did, it would be with a caveat because they don't treat trans women with respect and they don't treat sex workers with respect. They're exclusionary to both. Yes. And, uh, so I've definitely, I've referred people to them because it's like, they've got space right now and you Mm -hmm. fit their criteria and you need help right now. They can help you. Totally. So I feel fine referring for sure, you and know. you're in a much di- you were in a much different position than I was, where you would actually encounter a lot of people who mm-hmm. might need to use their service, and I generally yeah. Don't, so. so it's like I don't want them gone. And our friend Hillary uh, Pascas Hillary, who always has a lot of nuance on these things, mm-hmm. like that without something to fill its place, like it, we don't need it gone. Mm-hmm. But I just wish that they would like yeah update their policies a little bit. Absolutely, and they're and I mean they're and uh, they are a little bit. You know, I I, t- I get a bit personal about it because they have swooped in on things that I've been working on and they've tried mm-hmm. to insert themselves into the narratives. And or they, they... when we challenge them on their policies, mm-hmm. they get very aggressive. Mm-hmm. Or they just drop con- con- contact entirely. Like, they contacted me about uh, the Harassment on TransLink project and wanted to get involved and be, like, a sponsor or something like that or, or just, like, collectively put out messaging. And all I did was respond and say, like have you revised your policies on trans women accessing your service and or volunteering for your service? And then they never spoke to me again. Yeah. Which was a very respectful question. I thought mm-hmm. it was like, all I want to know is this. And then they just didn't deign to speak to me ever yeah. again. And so the other frustrating thing in like Vancouver in general is that they kind of present themselves as the experts on a lot of things and they are always quoted in the media. They're always gone to for, information and like, always as available. a source. Yeah, and so. so their representatives are speaking against Bill C-16 in Parliament, which fucking sucks. Mm-hmm. Someone who may at one point in history been someone I would consider as a guest for this podcast, we will never have on this podcast, is speaking for them. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm sure that yeah. half the people listening to this know exactly who I'm talking yeah. about. Yeah, but so it's just, it's frustrating when yeah. it's like there's a lot, again, nuance. Nuance. But nuance doesn't capture uh, newspaper headlines either, does it? Yeah, nuance doesn't capture my rage at individuals oh, for their shitty, shitty beliefs. Oh, man. I'm sure they feel the same way about me. Probably, yeah. Or Whatever. Just like, they feel like they're being, un- like, always attacked over this trans stuff. They're just like, why won't people just let it go? And they're because just always you're attacking us. Because you're like, dick. Because literally, like, I've had clients that they were the only place with space as a shelter, mm-hmm. and my client was a trans sex worker, and they would not let her go there. So it's like, okay, well, then I guess she's staying on the street again? Yeah. Cool. Good story. Super cool. Like, if you're the only place available. Anyway. So yeah. th- those are the things when push comes to shove, when it's like you're the one that's poised to help and you don't help. It's bullshit. It's bullshit. So. Yeah. It's a really shitty thing. And it's, you know what, it's not, I'm not here to be the boss of anything, mm-hmm. but... I, what I am allowed to do is just talk shit about people on our podcast. Yeah. Because who cares? Yeah. Great. It's fine. It's probably because we missed last week, everyone's like totally unsubscribed. This will just be like a little... I doubt anyone even noticed. I, we, we had an episode I was going to throw up. We had like a... A, a bonus. We had a bonus of a, the radio show that we did a little a couple months ago, but it just was out of time. And I honestly had a lot of technical difficulties trying to upload it, so I just gave up. Mm-hmm. I just said, well, you know what? That's it. Like, yeah. it wasn't a new episode anyway, so it feels like we already broke the chain, so suck it. Like, we'll just have to get back to it when mm-hmm. we do. And here we are. Yeah. And we're going to... I swear to God, guys, we're going to get guests soon. <laughs> Yeah, I'm kind of tired of hearing my own voice. I, like, yeah, spent the last month just, like, talking to people and, like, engaging in, like, you know, when volunteers come in, it's like, hey, tell me a little bit about yourself and what Mm -hmm. do you like to do and, like, trying to suss out folks' like, preferences and capabilities Mm -hmm. and all that. So it's like, I'm just kind of exhausted with, like, asking those kinds of questions. I'm staring at your chest. Why? Because it's just there. Sorry. (laughs) It's just beautifully lit by the setting sun. (laughs) 
I absolutely care about what you're saying. They're just very nice. <laughs> sea Hags, the only podcast where the hosts sometimes just go gay for each other. Just in the the, of- yeah, the only podcast in the whole world. There has to be another one. Mm-hmm. There must be. If not, though, wow, we've got that market fucking cornered. Yeah. Like, I don't know any other podcast. Yeah, I don't think Jackie like... and Lori end up wanting to French no. at any point. <laughs> Jackie just wants to go home to her husband in Iguana. <laughs> oh, my God. But, yeah, so, anyway, I'm just, like, I'm ready for a new chapter now. To like Chapter five. Something different. Yeah. Jane the Virgin. Is that what that... Oh, no, I, no, I was just referencing a book. Oh. <laughs> I just been like, watching a lot of Jane the Virgin. Yes, though. but so like, spring is here. It's finally nice. Like the last little while of our campaign was like really, really sunny and nice, and it was great. And we got lots of people out on the doors, and definitely like crushed it. So good. And then it was like super rainy for a couple of days as we tried to clean up and like take down signs and like load stuff in. Like there's so much stuff to do in a campaign. Did you it's know? Fucking ridiculous. Okay, so I never knew this. This might be interesting for people. Maybe not. But okay. like, I've always, always, always voted in advance polls. Yeah. Just because I never want to stand in line on election day or whatever. Right. And so I do advance voting. And then, but apparently, like, if you are, have been identified as a supporter of a specific political party, they've got that notated and they'll be like, hey, we need to make sure that this person votes. And they really want to make sure that all their supporters go out and vote. And so they will put like a little door hanger reminder thing on your like, actually send a volunteer to, like, hang something on your door in the morning of election day and be like, don't forget to vote today. And then, if you still don't vote, after, like, noon, they can find out because we get real-time updates from Elections BC with, like... Oh, because the voters are registered, so when you vote, it's, like, it can tell that you specifically voted. Yes, because everyone has a sequence number if you're registered. It won't say, obviously, who you voted for. But just that you're voting. Exactly. So then I would get... So I was a zone house captain for the election, which is basically, like, a base camp in the neighborhood. That that just sounds like a podcast. Zone house captain? Zone house captain podcast. It just sounds like Trapo, Chapo Trap House meets the Adventure Zone oh, meets, a house, meets a house. Zone House Captain Podcast. But so basically my job was to, I had this huge list of people that we knew were probably supporters. I was going to just say gay. <laughs> <laughs> just, there's some algorithm that they ran and it's like, they're probably supporters, but they were sort of reluctant supporters. And they all, it was just a list of numbers. It was like a bingo sheet. Okay. And so every polling station... Every three hours, Elections BC would give you this, like, bingo sheet back, being like, here's all the people that voted today, and they'd circle. Yeah, I was wondering what all that stuff was, because the people who actually work the election counter, like, it's very complex for uh, local... Well, I mean, I can only speak to elections, like, I've I've voted federally and I've voted provincially Mm -hmm. in the last two years, I guess, Mm -hmm. so... Both of those, I was just like, oh, God, they have to fill in so much shit. Yeah. You have to sign. You get, like, there's, like, a sticker they peel off yeah. and then stick somewhere else. And then you bring your ballot back to a specific box. Exactly, because that that's how they know that they can count it fast and not, like, these absentee ballots that we're waiting on, right? Right. But so, like, basically every two hours, I would send a runner from my zone house, and I'd be like, run to these four polling stations. Run to the polls. <laughs> And they would go and pick up these, like, bingo sheets and bring them back to me. And you'd go, bingo! And then I would look at them and I'd be like, okay, in poll 11, number 251, 364, and 12 voted. So then I'd cross them off and then we wouldn't have to go bug them anymore. Oh my god, you just hassled people into voting. We just hassled people. And it actually worked because a lot of folks at, like, my last push at, like, 6.30 or 7, they were like, oh crap, I forgot. Thanks very much for knocking on my door. And it's like, ah! I'll take you there. Let's go. Well, yeah, because then we had people with cars that were just driving people to the polling stations. That's great. But, like, I had no idea because I'd always voted in advance. I'm like, what are these door hanger things? What are these, like, why would you go knock? I don't know. Oh, my God. I just don't understand why people don't vote. Still, it was a pretty low voter turnout overall. It was less than 60%. That's crazy. So, yeah. But so it's I, I a like lo- to vote. It's I a make a day work. of it. You know, I think it's kind of fun. <laughs> Yeah, like, I mean, we went and voted up at the um, the lawn bowling club, like, so it's basically a senior center, so mm-hmm. it was mostly seniors working the, like, working mm-hmm. the polls, and they were all, like, really sharp and zippy, and yeah, I mean, we only waited, like, 15 minutes to get yeah. in, and, and it was a Saturday, so it was the last day of advanced polling, mm-hmm. and we went, and it was no problem. Yeah. It was great, and there was all, like, all these fucking nerds who were out, like, I saw literally 
three different people wearing Star Trek shirts. It's like, oh, all the dorks are uptown in New West. I missed this somehow. <laughs> but, like, I don't know. I just think, like, it's really good to vote in advance, A, to, yeah. like, so that no yeah, one we voted to... and then we went for brunch. Like, yeah. make it make a meal of it or something. Yeah. Like, vote, or on dicks. voting day, you, take, you get four hours off legally, so you just... Either you vote in advance and don't tell anybody, and then take four hours off on a Tuesday to go volunteer with your local campaign. Hell yeah. Or just sleep in or whatever. But it's better to volunteer. And then, or you vote on the day and take your four hours off and, yeah, go for brunch or something. Totally. But I just had no idea how much work went into it. So we definitely, like, I had, I was, like, the little hub in our neighborhood, and I had, like, six people that I was just, like, sending them out with lists, and as soon as they'd get, like, real-time updates from Elections BC, I'd cross it off and send a new person out with an updated list, like... It seems like our provincial elections have more, like, protections and things for the voting than the states do. do. Oh, yeah. Because it just seems like they you go oh. and you push a button in the states or something like there's like a lever or a button or something. Yeah, it's I like don't you know don't use paper that. ballots. This or something. is all paper ballots and it's all manually counted. And yeah, and this and in the states you like po- like poke a hole through things or you like pull a lever or some weird thing like that. I don't know. I don't know either. Like Katie, are you just thinking that real life is informed by The Simpsons again? Well, like, it did probably. seem like that. Yeah. But like I don't know. Everyone's like, oh, we should switch to online voting, and I'm like, but what about hackers? I don't know. <laughs> I honestly don't know what the right thing is, but I know the Diebold or whatever that was making the uh, voting machines is basically like owned by a conservative person. Mm. So it's like fuck. Yeah, maybe we private just... businesses don't. They just think about it. Just don't. Yeah. Just don't. We just need like the volunteers that are hastily trained and like <laughs> just enthusiastic and really nice. Like yeah. all elections BC people were great, but it's like it's only a four week long election. And it should never like, for an election to be any longer than that is absurd. Yeah. So, the United yeah. States situation is yeah. just crazy. So anyway, I'll probably I'll talk about it next week and the week after because we're still waiting on results. I'll probably that's like all my life will be. That'd be so fucking but, kick ass though if the NDP like surged ahead with all of these absentee ballots. Like if all of those absentee ballots are for the NDP, things are gonna be fucking different. Yeah. That'd yeah. be cool. That'd be sweet. Um, the, yeah, sadly the first trans woman candidate for a major party didn't win, but More only games. by 500 votes. I don't think that the absentee ballots are necessarily going to come with, in her favor. But. No, but we, yeah, she was a, our, the first NDP trans candidate up against former Vancouver mayor Sam Sullivan. Anyway, this is way too inside baseball. I just am, that's all I've been living in the last little while. I'm still in uncertain ground. I know that I have a job. So what I'm going to do on Monday is like reopen our office and we can be like, Hey, this candidate won, but they won't actually be sworn in as an MLA for a while. We won't even know what the results are going to be. So. so all of you fuck off and eat spaghetti. Well, <laughs> or I could say <laughs> we're happy to refer you to other services, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. But well, <laughs> I'll refer you to Nick's Spaghetti House. So that Go you can eat, eat some fucking spaghetti, you dink. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah, no, I'm glad that's over. I missed you a lot. <laughs> Tell me about how you missed me. We're only at 30 minutes. <laughs> We're only at 30 minutes. Oh, I missed you at night. I missed you in no, the morning. No, I missed no, you. But, like,. I don't know. I really missed, like, the fact... Well, first of all, I just felt bad that you were so busy. Like, mm-hmm. that you had so much to do and that you were so wiped out all the time. Mm-hmm. And I was like... Uh, selfishly, I was like, no, I want to party with Chris. <laughs> the other side was like, I wish she didn't have to work so hard because she's nice and she shouldn't have but to do But you kept all asking that. me, like, hey, I'm in the neighborhood. What can I bring you? I'm like, I don't know. Because, like, I didn't know. Like, yeah. what could you have, like, What could I have brought you? Like, a, a giant bowl of kombucha or something? I guess. Could have done it. But, like, I couldn't think of what I needed. Yeah. And, like, I just, I needed more volunteers. And not to, not to rub it in on you. No, no, no. Like, I, just, I, like, I fully own and accept yeah. the fact that I was just, like, didn't do it. Yeah. Just straight up didn't do but, it. But, like, I just, needed, I just needed more volunteers in my area because yeah. everyone else kept being, like, no, I'm going somewhere else. You needed some hot local singles in your area. <laughs> kind of. <laughs> but to just go knock on doors and tell people how politics is cool. Hey, you guys like politics? How about progressive politics. <laughs> Check out these politics. Yes. <laughs> just show them one titty. It's just painted orange. This is oh, the social democrat titty. But yeah, so I definitely felt like I didn't really get to see anybody. And I would like come home at night at like 9 or 10. It just, and just collapse. Like, sit on the couch for a bit and then I was like, oh, I need to wind down because I've been around people all day. So I wouldn't go to bed until like 1 or 2. Mm-hmm. You know, so it was just not super healthy, and I got super puffy, and my skin broke out terribly. Womp womp. So. Everything wasn't working good. I injured my body. 
But then we went to the spa, and then it was so good. And I, don't we just want to take, like, a hundred naps right now? Yes. Yes. Let's see. Let's, th- let's think of something super interesting. No, I have nothing. <laughs> let's take a pause. Are we back? Are we back? Is this back? <laughs> this is what back looks like. Oh, my God. Why are we so shitty? <laughs> oh, boy. So, this is terrible. Uh-huh. Yep, but we're doing our best. We're really trying to come back to it. We will have a guest next week, I swear to Glob. We'll make it happen. Okay. Get somebody interesting to talk about their life, and then we can talk about something other than provincial politics and not sleeping and lifting weights. <laughs> I lifted some weights! Anybody want to know? <laughs> oh, man. Well, we, we took a little break, and we were talking about television for a while. Like, I don't know, could we talk about TV? <laughs> and then I realized that American Gods has premiered, and it's fucking great, and I'm really psyched about it, and That's I'd love so to good. talk about it for a sec. Yeah, sure. Please. Um, I, I read the book once. Mm-hmm. It is truly one of my favorite books, and somehow two of my top three favorite books ever were transformed into miniseries for, like legacy cable in the last couple of months. So The Handmaid's Tale by Margaret Atwood. Oh, I watched the first few of those. And American Gods by Neil Gaiman. Um, Both authors that I'm kind of like, at from time to time. But fuck if they're not amazing writers. Damn it. Let's just let that be what it is. Mm -hmm. And um, so American Gods, I thought, I've always thought could be rip-roaring if somebody suitably weird got a decent budget and was allowed to just sort of have at it. Who's making this one? Brian Fuller, the guy who made Hannibal... Oh. Uh, which I didn't watch because it was too gruesome. And this is pretty grody as well, but it's less eating people with mouths anyway. <laughs> there is some eating people with other parts um, <laughs> that is awesome and everybody should see it and it made me laugh a lot. I was really psyched about it. Uh, so American Gods. I have not seen The Handmaid's Tale because it's too close to what's happening in the world right now and I didn't think it would be a fun, relaxing time No, to watch it's it. certainly very tense. I was watching that. The first three episodes, anyway. Yeah. I'm going to check and see if there's more. And it's so grim and so exactly, like... But it's well done. Oh, it's so well done. Sometimes that's enough, right? If something yeah. is, is brutal and upsetting, it at least let it be well done. It's, like, it's so tense and hushed. hmm And tight. Yeah. Like, just... everybody farts and it whistles. Yes. <laughs> yes, like that, Katie. God, I hate you. I'm sorry, I'm giving you nothing. You're giving me... You're no-butting me. You're not yes-anding. You shit. I love you. Whatever, it doesn't matter. Yeah, so it's... Yeah, it's a really scary... But, like, just very tense, because you're like, okay, well, this is what it's like now, and then they keep showing you flashbacks of how it came to be, and it's like, oh, no. Oh, no, that's right now. No. Oh, no, that's what this is. No. Shit. Oh, shit. So, like... Perfect. I saw a tweet that was, like, you know, some stuff happening in the States. It's, like, this guy is, like, basically the villain that all media, like, comic books, TV, movies have been preparing you to fight, and you're just going to turn away now? Like, now was the time to fight this person, but we're just like, man, I guess it's Somebody fine. else will do it. Yeah. Well, can't someone else do it? Yeah. I don't know what to do in the States. Like, yeah, fuck, seriously. So. Somebody take care of that problem. Thanks. Good, good job. It's Let's not do that. going well for you guys. Yeah, it's a bad time. It's it's comically bad, but we don't need to get into it. Everybody's talked about it enough. Hey, we're not going to fix it here. Another adaptation of things that I'm looking forward to is oh, yeah? the Stephen King Dark Tower series. Oh, are you a fan of that series? Yeah, I read all those books. Our so good friend Luna is very excited about it. I saw. Idris Elba is the gunslinger guy, as which he is should be. So good. Any opportunity that a film company has to make a like conquering hero. And they make him some fucking Matt Bomer or Chris Pine or Chris Hemsworth or Chris Pratt or any of the Chris's. Chris Evans. Chris Evans. Sorry, I forgot Chris Evans. I can't <laughs> believe it. Or a, Yeah, anytime that they have a, an opportunity to put some mayonnaise handsome man in, put Idris Elba in instead. Yeah, just always choose Idris Elba. <laughs> Hot tip. Like, he doesn't need to be in everything, but he should be in most things. So same way I feel about Jason Momoa. Oh, yeah. Like... Just, yeah, that's is he a, a good actor? I don't know. Idris Elba is a very good actor. Jason yeah. Momoa, I, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know if he is or not. I don't pay attention to anything he, he says. <laughs> Sorry, I'm objectifying him really badly. <laughs> but he's so perfect. There's this TV show that I started watching and now I can't find anymore because I forget what it is. But I'm sure I can just IMDB it because I know that he's in it. And it's like, it was just a little bit, again, too real, because, like, it wasn't a fantasy thing at all. It was just, like, living in a small town and, like, on reserve. 
And he was, like, in a Native community in the States, and, like, there was, like, a lot of, like, anger between, like, the white people and the Native people in the town, and... Oh, is it it set, like, a hundred years in the past or something like that? No, it's current. Oh, okay, because I thought he was in something where he's, like, throwing things at people that are sharp, and Mm. they get killed and die. Yeah, I don't know. I just, every time I see him, he's flinging an axe. Yeah. It's pretty good. There's that, uh, where he flings an axe and then just, like, drinks a beer and then winks at the camera. Ugh. I, oh, I wish I could be a dude and be a dude like that. Mm-hmm. Like him or like The Rock. Somebody like with a good eyebrow who's a guy and mm-hmm. kind of muscly. Like, fuck, that's got to be the best thing to be, right? Yeah. Especially if you've got some brains on you, too. And, and like, I'm and, a total package. Everybody loves me. And an apparent, like, sweetheart with a good sense of humor. Fuck off. <laughs> but Stop like, it. But can't you just do that and just be a chick that does that? I guess. Yeah, you're kind of on the path to that. Well, I'm trying. <laughs> But not everybody likes me, and I feel like I failed. Oh, God. <laughs> no, it's fine. No, it's really cool. But so, so this uh, the adaptations, the American Gods TV show. I've only seen the first two episodes. That's all that's aired. The third one airs tonight, I think. I'm definitely watching it with full legality on Stars, the cable network that provides it. For sure I am. Okay. The casting is just unbelievable to me, though. Like, I, I don't know how to get into this enough, because, you know, I've watched other adaptations of things that I never really read a lot, like the like Outlander. Both you and I yep. really enjoy Outlander, also on Stars with A, Z, or Z, if you're in the United States. And, um, <laughs> and that, I, I read the first book and liked it. I don't know how good of an adaptation it is, but it's a good TV show, and it's very dramatic, and I think, I think it's, it's almost, well cast. I think it's almost better than the books. Yeah, perhaps. It's hard for me to say, having and only read one book. I, I've one only, I read The Handmaid's Tale a long-ass time ago, but yeah. my friend said that she thinks it's a better, the TV show is better than the books, because they've updated it since the 80s, obviously. Right, so it's a little bit more uh, frightening yeah. to people, because it's talking about stuff that actually does exist. Mm-hmm. And, and I mean, to her speculation on what could be, because I think it's set in what the time that we're in now, basically. Yeah. It's, it's pretty on board like mm. you know they're like she's like compu banks and stuff like yeah we do e-banking we just don't call it compu banking yeah so whatever and um but like yeah like the, the casting makes such a big difference mm-hmm. if you cast those shows right it really just kills it so who cool is an american guy well the main actor is someone i'd never seen in anything before i'd have to look him up to know what he's from but his name's ricky whittle and first of all one thing i'm really psyched about is the character of shadow moon they cast a black man I don't think that they really speak to the race of the character in the... I, I, I always thought he might be, like, indigenous or something, that he would be, like, a bit... like He'd be, like, a larger, darker person, but that he wasn't necessarily identified as being anything specific. Yeah. So they made him a black man in this yeah. situation. why not, again, like... Why when not? you have the creative license, you don't have to default everyone to white. Why not? Yeah. I don't see why not. And, the, the, and he's really interesting because the character is so stoic, and he, like, just gets shit on and shit on and shit on in the first act. And in the TV show, and I haven't read the book in a while, but the character in the TV show is, is reacts to these things. And he's like, what the fuck? Right? <laughs> like, he's not some, like, emotionless guy. He, mm. he, he really does feel the whole spectrum of everything, despite just coming out of jail where he's had to, like, put everything down for mm. the longest time. So it's really good casting. But, oh, my God, the guy that they have playing Mr. Wednesday, sort of the main... Not an antagonist, really, but he's not a protagonist either. Like, he's not a good guy. Mm. But he is a driving force in the story, and he is played by Ian McShane, who is oh, I very, love Ian McShane. very famous for his character Al Swearingen. I don't know if I'm pronouncing that correctly, from Deadwood. Okay, right. So what do you know him from? Uh, Lovejoy, which is so super cheesy. Oh, that's fine. It's the se- Lovejoy is a series of books about an antiques dealer in East Anglia in the oh, UK. Oh my god. And... So is he the main character? Yeah, he's Lovejoy, and he's like kind of like he's like a charming crook, where he's like, he's kind of legal, kind that's of illegal. That's pretty much what he's doing in this. He's, yeah. he's like, I think that's the only character he can play is somebody who is bucket load of charm yeah and probably is up to no good yeah basically so that's totally what this is and i he... only watched a bit of deadwood but I so think that's, yeah. the first time you see him i'm not going to give any real spoilers to the show or the or the book but like i will just indicate a couple things that happen which is the, the first time you see mr wednesday he is at a a check-in counter at an airport waving a thing around going like they said i would be in first class i have to go it's my son. my son's just been born and he told me i needed to he's basically pretending to be somebody who's experiencing dementia he's like i have this first class ticket and so the lady eventually is like okay you're in first class i guess so she just puts him in first class and then shadow gets moved up to first class and then they're sitting together and then the mo- the show can begin in mm. earnest and it was just so funny like he's he's like oh like you believe utterly that he is distraught that he is not of 
sound mind. And then we see him on the plane and he's just like having his drink. Like, <laughs> it's great to be in first class. You know, like this is awesome. And so Jillian Anderson plays one of the new <gasps> gods. She what? plays media who first speaks to us through a series of flat screen TVs and like a superstore, like a Walmart mm-hmm. or something as Lucy Ricardo. It's awesome. Fucking every cast member is cast perfectly. The guy that ca- got to play the giant leprechaun, Mad Sweeney, is Pablo Schreiber from Orange is the New Black. Mm. Porn stash. Right. So, weird choice. Not somebody I would think of as an Irish person in general, but why not, right? Mm-hmm. Like, they just gave him a red beard and red hair, and he looks like Seamus from the WWE, so it's fine. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, I'm trying to think about who else. Like, I, I don't know if there's any other real name characters. Oh, Orlando Jones mm. is playing um, Mr. Nancy, uh, or Anansi, the African spider god. Yeah. And you, he, like, you first see him basically, like, descending the steps of a slave ship to tell all the slaves to, or the newly captured slaves to revolt and burn the ship. Basically, he's like, he's like, but if we do that, we'll die. He's like, you idiots, you're already dead! <laughs> like, why not ha- make your death mean something? Oh so God. he, like, tricks them into burning the slave ship. And so Ooh. it's like, fuck, it's a good show. And it's based off of a book that I really love. So mm-hmm. I'm really psyched about it. And I will eventually watch The Handmaid's Tale, maybe once Donald Trump is, like, impeached and deposed and put into a prison. Uh, then I'll watch it. God, I hope they bring back the guillotine for that guy. <laughs> just one. Just one guillotine. So, yeah, those are those those are the things that I've been really like, oh, God, I can't wait for another episode to come out, basically. So I, I'm so thrilled about that because it is one of my favorite books ever, and it could be absolute a pile of shit. You know? They made it good. They made it good. Yay. And maybe maybe this will end up like a, uh, a Game of Thrones where by the sex season we're like, please let it die. <laughs> please just let this die. But now Game of Thrones is good again, Katie. Is it though? Because they now the TV show has overtaken the books. Oh, okay. So there's no more book. So it's got to be follow. its own thing. So it's now its own thing. And it suddenly went in like a different... And we're like, oh. Oh, okay. This guy hasn't fucking finished a book in forever. Yeah, so it's time to just... We're lapping him now. Like He's really old. He's got to get that book in. I know. He's going to die. But like he's working on the show. So what yeah. do you do? Like he's probably just like, well, this is what I'm doing now. Well, the show makes a lot more money than the books ever did, right? Not that the books didn't make a lot of money. Yeah. I just never read them. I yeah. feel like maybe I'll try it in ten years. They're good. If you, you know, you say, you like Clan of the Cave Bear because you like lists of things. Yeah. Like these are like lists of names and houses and the Lord of the This is the thing of the that and the sigil is this and the that thing. Is I that. never like the names as much. Oh, okay. I, I put up with it in Ken Follett books, but oh, wow. I I'm, I I finish. I've almost done my read through the <gasps> entire. What, Caveman Sex Books? Yeah, we forgot to talk about how there's places in France that still have a lot of Paleolithic, like... Oh, totally, yeah, absolutely. So I've been, I've been, I just finished uh, The Shelters of Stone, where Ayla and Jondalar, still a fucking stupid name, Gino, we're just gonna mention that right now, where they end up Whatever, at, he's a caveman, it's He's fine. a sexy, sexy, blonde, six-foot-six caveman with a huge dick, so <laughs> he can be whatever he wants to be. Um, so they finally make it back from their big old journey to essentially, like, to the south of France, like mm-hmm. pretty close to Avigny, I believe. And um, they, yeah, so they they live in this limestone abri, which is like a special kind of cliff that has this huge overhang. And there's like 100,000 square feet and everybody puts up their little shelters inside of the shelter of stone, right? And so now I'm reading the sixth book, which I know sucks, but I'm doing it anyway because I'm like, I love caveman times. <laughs> so I found out that this, the where the Zelandoni caves are supposed to be is a real place and you can just go there and there's a restaurant built into this abri like that you can just go and eat it and so we're like we've got to do this obviously so we were just like can we pitch it that like Chris and Katie the Sea Hags podcast follows the caveman sex trail <laughs> and we'll start <laughs> the snail trail <laughs> <laughs> John Delar's journey we'll take it scoop <laughs> it's gross so like we'll start in France and then we'll like go all the way to basically like where did they go? They went to the mouth of the Donau or the Danube. Yeah, the, the, yeah, the end of, basically, they call it Barren Sea, but I guess it's the Black Sea. Yeah, so like, yeah. So pretty much Hungary, yeah. I think, or Budapest, Ukraine or something like that. Slovenia. Yeah, basically your homeland. Yeah. Apparently I have a lot of French uh, ancestry, huh. which surprised me. Yeah. Didn't know. Yeah. Could, but like, can we do that? That would be such a cool like travel be great. show. It's like hey, all the caveman sex books. And hey, like, uh, the federal government, do you want to give us an arts grant to go and do this and then podcast about it? No, okay, I thought so. <laughs> 
I wouldn't give it to us either. <laughs> Maybe we'll come up with a better business proposal. Yeah. Instead of calling the caveman sex bugs. Yeah. Is Jean M. All a Canadian author? No. Dang no, it. No, she's from Oregon. Oh, because that would have been great. She's really old, too, so okay. I don't think she's going to give us the money. But maybe. We could ask her. We could ask. Hey, Jean. Auntie Jean. Auntie Jean. Jean. <laughs> like, you may not remember us, but we are your nieces. Yeah. But then it's like, we can follow the river, but then it just would be, like, not actually that difficult. It would just, like, bike down very nicely maintained bike paths along the whole river Danube. Yeah, it's probably a lot faster to ride a bike than to walk the whole thing. That would be a long journey. Yeah. It would be a great journey. I wouldn't want to walk. Seeing as how, like... A journey with a capital J, as yeah. they call it in the books. A couple of couple of weeks of, like, walking around lots made my yeah. foot hurt so bad. I probably shouldn't do that. Probably not. We should just go to the south of France and just gorge ourselves on cheeses and wines and look at green things and go to caves and stuff. Sure. I'd be fine. Okay. I'd be super fun. I'd be down for that. I want to go to France, but I don't really want to go to Paris that badly. You can, like, have a little bit of time in Paris. Well, you got to go to Paris, yeah. right? But i got to brush up on my Francaise, I mm-hmm. guess, because I don't remember much of it. Because all you do is just ha ha baguette and Maillardville, and I think they're going to be pretty If I went out and said ha baguette, they'd be like, okay, I'll give, bring you a baguette, I guess. Give this woman a baguette. <laughs> give this woman a baguette. She knows what she wants. Le vin, s'il vous plaît. <laughs> I can speak pretty decent pigeon French. I could make myself yeah. understood without a great deal of difficulty. Yeah, they would just give you those looks, you know. Plus, they probably speak as much English as I speak French, so between yeah. the two of us, we'd figure it out. Yeah, it's but pretty But I would also try to learn a respectable food. amount. Yeah. yeah. I would like to... Le vin blanc, s'il vous plaît. <laughs> I just, I've never been to the south of France or Spain or Portugal, and I would really like to go to some of that business. Oh, yeah, I'd definitely go to Spain mm-hmm. again. Hell yeah, Spain again. I've only been to one city in Spain. I have such wanderlust now that I'm like, oh, I'm finished work, even though I'm just starting work again. I'm just (laughs) like, I want a trip. Let's take a trip. Let's take a trip, girl. I know. Oh, I got, oh, I fucking forgot to mention. I got invited to the uh, Queer Comedy Festival in Portland. What? Have I not told you that? No. This lovely lady, Belinda Carroll, uh, I've had to make it very clear that as a Canadian without a travel visa for work, I cannot take any money. And that's not a wink. I'm not going to take any money. I'm going to take comps because I'm pretty sure I'm allowed to have that. Even volunteering, they won't let you in. Well, I'm not volunteering. I'm just going to show up and perform, right? Like, yeah, Yeah. I'm just like, I'm just going to a festival, right? Like, you're allowed to perform places as long as you don't get paid. Like, Can't you? If I go down with my cello and I say I'm just playing at a house party, they won't let me in. Oh, really? Yeah. Weird. Yeah. Well, I'm just going to tell them that I'm going to a comedy festival just to go. Or how about to go visit friends in Portland? Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Border guards don't listen to this. Border guards don't listen to this podcast. Yeah. We buried it at the end of a really boring episode. Yeah, I don't think border guards are listening. No one's gotten this far. Like, because I'm not actually doing something illegal. Like, I won't be making any money. They could just stop me and be dicks. But um, anyway. I'm uh, just cautioning you. Belinda Carroll, I'm sure she could find someone to replace me if I can't get in. Uh, Belinda Carroll, this lovely lady who runs a lot of, like, um, I don't know. No, she doesn't do Les stand up. That's Caitlin Weyerhaeuser. But uh, uh, she does this smut open mic on Sundays. I think that's a queer thing. And she does this comic strip thing where comedians strip after they do a set, which would be really fun. I think. That's like in the fringe in Edinburgh yeah, where you have to do your set naked to like promote your show. Oh Lord. Now I would do it now after today where I've been naked in front of people. I'm like, let's go. I don't even care. I'm not even worried anymore. Yes, I am terrified. (laughs) Uh, But anyway, yeah, I got asked to do that and whether or not I'm able to do it. We'll see. But um, it is the 13th to the 17th of July. So I'm hoping to go down there. Tess and I are going to go down together and get an Airbnb and just chill kind of for a bit. And just because we haven't gone anywhere together since we went to Spain, I think. So Mm -hmm. that was like two years ago. Jeez. So we just like haven't, we've sort of traveled a little separately over the last couple of years, but we've spent a lot of time together. So yeah, we'll go again. It'll be fun. Yeah, it'll be really great, I think. And so yeah, I'm looking forward to that a lot. Um, I just really want to go to Portland as much as possible. And I mean, I have a really set history of going down to Portland. The border guards would be like, yeah, you go down like twice a year to go visit your friend. I'm like, yeah, guess what? I love my friend. <laughs> guess what? I'm here to love my friends. Yay. If there was a button to push that would give my friends love at any given moment, I'd be pushing it this second. <laughs> but Someone I can't. needs to invent that button. Yes, a validation button that will go to all of my friends all at once. Uh-huh. I don't want to crash your party, but that would be fun. Maybe I'll go. <laughs> <laughs> it's just like getting my trunk. Well, I'll get on a train and then I'll stay with my friend Jesse. Look in the trunk. I think he needs trunk. Don't look in the trunk because there's a Christina in there. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, no. Please don't smuggle me across the border. No. That would be very illegal. I tried to go to the States this weekend, but I didn't make it. 
Um, but I want to. I was like having cravings of Trader Joe's peanut butter pretzels. Yum. So I really that's I would the like shit. To go back down there. I haven't been down to the states since the incident, aka the election. <laughs> the incident. Yeah, no, me neither. And I'm so terrified. I'm a little bit like, uh, do I want to go? I was hoping he'd be gone by now. Mm-hmm. Mm. So we forgot that today was Mother's Day. Oh yeah. I didn't spend any time with my mom at all. I didn't either. My mother's in Oliver playing golf. Nice. My mom's on the Sunshine Coast, and I know that I'm going to go see her next weekend. <laughs> I made sure my mom got a card last week. I like my mom. Tell, why don't we tell the audience at home three things you love about your mom? I think we've already covered it quite extensively, but... Chris, I'm trying to fill fucking time here. <laughs> I don't need your shit. <laughs> How about just five minutes of telling people to listen back to episode 534? <laughs> yeah, because we've done 534 episodes. <laughs> back to the future. Um, I posted a thing about my mom online, and it got a lot of attention, which is very cute. Do you um, feel like that's, like, performative? Yep. Like, 100%. Yeah, it's like, I absolutely believe that. Yeah. But I also know that my parents really like that. That's good. They're extroverted people. They're ENFPs, if you follow the uh, mm-hmm. Myers-Briggs. So they really like public acknowledgement of, of their likability. Excellent. Honestly. And so that's what I try to give them. Mm-hmm. And then my mom's friends will, like, jump on and be like, oh, your daughter is, and she, doesn't yeah, she just love nice. you enough to just post that so publicly? I'm like, hey, I posted a really cute picture of myself as a baby along with that. So mm-hmm. <laughs> some of that was to get my, to get some, some sweet, sweet validation from yeah. that because that was super cute. Yeah. But, yeah, I think that, I, I think that Facebook encourages us to be a bit lazy, but if we're being honest about the way we feel, uh, yeah. I think it's fine to be performative there about it. Any holidays bring up, like, a wrath of posts that are just, like, it's either, like, pictures of kids and their moms or people being, like, Mother's Day's really hard, here's a bunch of other people that we can acknowledge, or then, like, here's why I hate this holiday, or, like, it just, like, it just churned up my feed pretty huge. Big time. People have some really strong feelings about it. I know a lot of people have really shitty moms or shitty kids. Like, it just is... You know what? No, there's no guarantees in the world, and so that's that's part of why I think like people who are loving parents, they don't need to be mothers necessarily, but I think of mm-hmm. them as being pretty heroic. But especially yeah. mothers, because the pressure is so on them. Mm-hmm. You know, not not to say that there aren't single dads who have to shoulder all of it, but yeah. like overwhelmingly in the world, women assume responsibility for childcare, but they have to have the initiative to have kids. They have to have them, whether mm-hmm. that's with their body or they are usually the impetus for looking for adoption mm-hmm. or for taking in foster kids and stuff like that. And then there's the whole pressure. Like if your kid doesn't turn out to be awesome, then it's your fault. Mm. Right. And so, but you don't get to take responsibility for your kid being cool. Generally speaking, like Mm -hmm. you can a little bit, but ultimately it's like, Oh, well they succeeded on their own merits, but they failed because of you. Right. And so Mm. it's just like, it's just, it's like a zero sum game feels like. And so the people who actually do it and do it joyfully and do it like with a lot of love and respect and acceptance for their kids deserve to be feted. I think. I agree. And I do mean F-E-T-E-D with, like, a little house and not F-E-T-I-D. They don't deserve to be fetid. <laughs> or swampy in any way. Oh, dear. So, yeah, all of you out there who are looking after kids or people who are like kids, mm-hmm. I appreciate the work you're doing. Yeah. Good job on your emo- emotional and domestic labor. And hopefully you're getting some help from people. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. it's a disrespectful world. Yeah. Fuck them. Yeah. I love my mom very much. She's very nice. She's organizing. Oh, we can plug this for any of you on the Sunshine Coast listening. Yeah. She's helping um, our friend Joe Dvorak, who Mm -hmm. was going to be on the bonus episode that we released, but we'll have to have her as like a proper guest. Yeah. Um, do a, a version of Story Story Lie over on the Sunshine Coast. So that's going to be next weekend, oh, Sunday, yeah. May 21st. Is that when you're going? Yes, at so. uh, Persephone Brewing. Oh, that's such a great location. Super did great. your mom so, help hook that uh, up? Of course she did. Oh, Joe and Joe, they're friends now. <laughs> <laughs> and so, uh, yeah, my mom might wind up telling a story or oh, not. I hope she does. We'll see what happens. That's but, nice. Um, she was kind of like, oh, I didn't know everyone else was stand-up comedians. And it's like, oh, not everyone is. It's like, there's some fun storytellers. It's Sometimes the best ones are done by people who are not professional performers. Yeah. Honestly. Like, people who have good stories. That's all that matters. Yeah. And she's so sweet. And, and my like, mom's, who doesn't love your my mom? mom's big thing is, like, the Performing Arts Festival in the Sunshine Coast trying to get, like, a dramatic monologue section like put on there so that you can actually do like dramatic readings of things so she's really obsessed with being a good storyteller and has been her whole life but she never thinks that she is she's like constantly trying to work on the craft I'm like you're very good at it but she's trying to like learn how to like tighten it up so that it is like a two-minute story or like a 10-minute story or something like that and just for 10 minutes like now you know like being on stage for five can feel long you like pack a lot of stuff in there yeah 
So to do a 10 minutes on one story, like I can see how a stand-up comic would be like, oh, there's not enough in here to like stretch this out. But I really like storytelling as an art form. I, really. I like a longer set sometimes. Yeah. Like I don't necessarily as a comic, but I like seeing people stretch their legs. And I, I like them, but they're intimidating because they should be good. Because you don't want to bore people for a long period of time, mm-hmm. right? <laughs> like this podcast. <laughs> like this podcast. We kind of be in shitheads. But that's why. Hope Meredith likes it. <laughs> Hi, Meredith. At least with a storytelling show, like, you've got the captive audience there, so you want to be good right in front. Oh, yeah, because you can see people not liking you, which is a horrible feeling. The nice thing about this podcast is that even though it's shitty, I don't have to watch any of you listen to it. (laughs) So I'm grateful for that. Please don't tell me how much you didn't like it. If you you really liked it for some weird fucked up reason, please go ahead and tell me that, because... Rate and review on iTunes. Please rate and review us on iTunes. Oh, God, why are we like this, Chris? (laughs) It's been a tough, like, it hasn't been, I don't, I feel guilty saying it's been a hard month, but I just, everything felt difficult. Yeah. And I have no excuse, no reason. It's just everything felt like I've been, like, fighting through molasses. It's just a big shakeup of the regular routine and, like, uh, everything I get to talk to my friend different. at all times whenever I felt like yeah, it. Yeah, but, oh. like, it was really hard. So I'm really yeah. glad that we're on the other side of that, more or less. Gonna take it on the other side? Gonna, that sounds sexual. <laughs> it always does. It is the Red Hot Chili Peppers. <laughs> yeah. This song's about a lot of boners. <laughs> yeah. So, can we just go? Are we done? <laughs> yeah, I guess so. But you wanted me to edit some stuff out. So oh, it's fine. It's still like time. an hour. I just, yeah, I, I always feel kind of bad. But you know what? A lot of people have been doing podcasts for a long time. They can't all be winners. <laughs> they can't all be ballads, Julian. Right. <laughs> Is that from Eurovision? Oh, how did Eurovision go? Oh, Eurovision was awesome. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, I got into Eurovision when I was over in Scotland because it's very fun to watch with a group of homosexuals <laughs> drinking cocktails. Sure. Or myself and another Canadian lying on the floor while they poured a bag of wine into our faces while we tried to sing O Canada. That was part of it. That oh, was, that was that how, go? That's Aww. how we showed our patriotism. <laughs> and it was Did just, anyone choke and die? No, we made it through just fine. But Eurovision is fun. It's just like it's a big pop song competition. And, like, a whole bunch of, like, 26 different countries put in an entry, and they're all cheesy, and they try to, like, out-camp each other, but, mm-hmm. like, lately it's gotten more tame, I guess. Oh, boo. And, like, it used to be much more of, like, just, like, a camp fest. Yeah, as it should be. And, and so, like, Moldova really brought it this year. Um, they had, like, this, like, sax guy that did a bunch of, like... The cool... sax guy. Yeah, he did some good stuff. He's the sax man yeah. now. And... You know, there were lots of acts that I really enjoyed. Um, there was one guy who did a duet with himself, oh, where weird. he sang in like a high voice, and then he sang as like Pavarotti in Italian. Hmm. He was Croatia. It turns out he's a giant homophobe. So he oh, that's too bad. Himself because his act was like pretty funny, and like there was lots of other like kind of cheesy and like sort of earnest. The most earnest act won though, which was very interesting. Hmm. And it was Portugal, and it was this like sweet, sweet boy. And his sister wrote the song, and at the very end, they sang it together, which was really nice. Aww. And it was really beautiful. It was a really good song. So I guess if it's like a song contest, then it totally sure. should have won. But it was boring. It was a little bit just like tame, and so like people are getting like angry now, which is kind of bullshit. Because it was like, like it was all like pro refugee stuff that this guy was doing, though, wasn't it? Yes. That yeah. after he won, he was wearing a shirt that said like something about refugees. Like. Yes, and the producers of Eurovision wouldn't let him wear it to oh, perform. Yeah, because they're like, this has to be apolitical, and we're uh, in the Ukraine right now, and uh, l- let's be safe about this now. Oh, <laughs> it man. was weird. But it, like, so it was still a camp fest. I watched it streaming, but it's just different to watch it like at noon in Canada Yeah, when you could yourself. be watching it at night with your friends in yeah. fucking so, Scotland. So I want to go back and watch Eurovision again next year, maybe, if I can. That would be cool. That would be cool. I gotta but, go to Scotland but sometime. But I liked, I liked the Portugal song. It was very sweet. And so I'm glad that he won. It's too bad that, you know, my favorite ever Eurovision performance will always be, will never change, and it will always forever be Genghis Khan's Moscow from 1978. They are Ooh. from West Germany. Back when that was distinguished. Uh-huh. And, yeah, that's one of my favorite things ever. They, like, really almost give Boney M a run for their money in terms Ooh. of, like, a hilarious song about someone from the past. 
Nice. With a lot of kicking and sweating. Nice. It's great. I yeah, should, to I should... put it into context, like ABBA won Eurovision in the 70s. Oh, yeah. Celine Dion won one year. How? She's she, Canadian. She was representing Switzerland. You don't necessarily have to be from that country. Okay. It's just the songwriter usually is, or people usually try to showcase their own talent. Gotcha. Um, like the w- woman singing for Denmark was Australian. Like it's all kind of no, weird. up. And Australia is in Eurovision for some reason too, which is Boy, so funny. We're, a, we're European too. <laughs> it's very bad. We're also from Europe. Anyway, so I would encourage everybody that likes campy fun times, because then you also get to then go around the world or around Europe, I guess, and, like, get the scores from each country's judge, and all the judges are always dressed crazy, and it's so fun! <laughs> That's super fun. I, uh, I would like to see... I think that you could probably go on YouTube and just look best up Eurovision for, like, the past several years yep. and get, like, a good playlist of some fun yep. stuff to watch. Yeah. So I'll have to add, like, some of the best ones from the past, maybe, mm-hmm. to the right the roundup. The Russian grannies, that one's a good one. Oh, yeah, Party for Everyone. Yeah. There's the guys that showed up in Spy... The, with oh, the yeah. disco ball head. Zeben, Zeben, I. Yeah, <laughs> that, that guy, yeah. yeah. Was he there this time? Yeah, and they were saying that she is a woman. Oh, okay. Which I didn't know. That's cool. Okay. Obviously, and, it's very cool. Yeah, and then... I did notice she had boobs. Yeah. But I wasn't clear on everything else. I know. Never assume someone's gender. I know. I didn't know either until I heard the judges. Zeben, Zeben, Acht. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, lots of campy Eurovision business. If you're going to be queer, be disco. Yeah. That's all I can advise anyone. Yeah. And if that's the only takeaway Basically, from this so yeah, podcast. Listen, we're all in better spirits now than we were before. Yeah. So why don't put on a Eurovision playlist and just dance around in your underpants. And Have a then, good time. Yeah, and then we'll see you next week. Yeah. Okay, bye. Bye. Like the like Yodel rap from Eurovision. Exactly like Yodel rap from Eurovision. Yodelay, 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 yodelay. Yodelay, yo, yodelay. Pretty good. Are we recording? Yeah. Oh.